Okay, welcome to the uh, post-Christmas edition of Under the Dome. I'm your host, Alan Ulrich, with my my fellow elf, uh, Sean Williams. How are you doing tonight, Sean? Why does it always come down to my height? (laughs) I don't even know how tall you are. You know, you're in a seated position the whole time we do this show. (laughs) Well, uh... uh... I'm tall enough that I take offense to a lot of the uh, short jokes. I, yeah, I immediately go to that. What's wrong with my height? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but I know, I know that you're not making fun of my height because I don't have any to make fun of. That's so, right. We're just going to put you on the shelf and leave said, you alone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to our uh, our final show. Wow, final show for 2016. Uh, but make no mistake about it, we're going to be uh, around the calendar. Uh, we are not limited to the NFL season. We're going to be going all year round. Uh, but next week's January the 3rd of 2017. So this is the final under the dome for the calendar year of 2016. And... Uh, we want to welcome in our guest, our first guest tonight of two, actually. Uh, Bob Rose is a recent addition of the to the Big Easy Believer. He joined their uh, their staff in September of 2016 as a contributing writer for the New Orleans Saints under Barry Hurstis. He's currently a resident of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm gonna let him speak to how a resident of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania comes to cover the New Orleans Saints, but uh, he has an accomplished career as both a track coach, track and field coach, and a pro-am volleyball player as well. He's an avid football historian and fan, and he is the proud and lucky father of two amazing daughters, Brianna and Isabella. And I believe he likes pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. You can follow Bob on Facebook or Twitter at BobbyR2613. And I believe Bobby has a special uh, presentation to make for just a second. Yeah, just one quick second. And thank you for having me, guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, These are my daughters, uh, Isabella and uh, Ryan Griffin crush holder, Brianna Rose. Um, say Merry Christmas, ladies. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas y'all. <laughs> Merry Thank Christmas. Who, who, is, who is number four? Ryan Griffin. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Good number. Good number. Good number. Good number. Well, let her, let her know that I still like Ryan Griffin better than I still uh, do, too. I still do, too. I would have kept him over Grayson, too. Oh, uh, you, guys, you guys just made her night. Oh, good. Tell her she can she can <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, she will. She uh, they they both watched uh, watched you guys' show a little bit. Uh, they're they're big fans as well, uh, and uh, they were they were really excited when I told them uh, you guys were going to have me on for a segment tonight. So I appreciate it. Well, it's very much appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> getting right to it, uh, Bob. What are you? Uh, is there anything in particular that you're working on now? Uh, well, uh, right now I'm publishing a piece uh, that's going to go out tomorrow morning. 
basically, basically six forgotten saints of 2000, uh, 2016. Uh, six players that are probably anxiously uh, hoping that the calendar t- turns to 2017 with a little bit better luck. Uh, Teron Armstead, uh, Kikaha, PJ Williams, uh, Delvin Bro, couple other, couple other guys that would have been uh, much bigger contributors uh, to this season's fate if not for injuries. Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that's going to be a piece that uh, that catches the attention of, uh, of some people and uh, continues uh, continued followers of the Big Easy Believer. Good Sounds like it's a very interesting uh, subject matter. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. What did you think um, about the game? Uh, you guys have to bear with me. Uh, NFL on Saturday has screwed my entire calendar. Oh, tell me about <laughs> it. Uh, it's it's been Monday all day today for me. So uh, anyway, uh, what did you think about the game against Tampa? I love the way they came out. Uh, I'm loving the way this team is finishing this season. Uh, they're they're coming out with a uh, you know with a, a be damned attitude and uh, the the exact aggressiveness that you want out of a Sean Payton coach team. Uh, I, I was particularly surprised with how well they played defensively. I mean, they've been like the walking wounded all year, uh, and they came into this game. Obviously, Vicaro is out for the year, uh, you know, with his suspension, and uh, Anthony, who was finally coming around, they IR'd him, and they you know, uh, finally put Bro on the shelf. I figured if New Orleans was going to win, it would be a thirty-five to thirty or thirty-eight to thirty-five kind of game. Uh, so I'm I'm really impressed with the way these young guys are uh, finishing this year. Well, I I, I was at the game and uh, I watched, you know, I paid close attention to certain position battles to see how guys were doing one on one. Having Unger in there on the offensive line made a huge difference. You could see yeah. that from the get go. Um, even with Pete playing left tackle again, and you had. Um, you, you had uh, Calamente playing guard, you know, for the most part, the middle of the line really held up well and, and gave Breeze a pretty clean pocket to throw from. But they mostly played a very short passing game, a lot of running, very – I don't know if you can call it um, efficient offense. It wasn't a big play offense like we're used to seeing. It was very much a dink and dunk. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna pick your defense apart kind of game, um, and the good news is they did fairly well in the red zone, um, and that was really the difference. Yeah. I thought I thought Tampa's two scores came off of two questionable calls. Uh, the first one was a pass interference call that I thought uh, either Cam I think it was Cameron Jordan got a piece of it. I couldn't I couldn't remember if it was Cameron Jordan or Rankins uh, extended a hand grazed the laces just enough to change the momentum of the ball. And the ball fell short and hit the ground. And they got uh, Von Bell for uh, pass interference, and then they scored the next play. Uh, but that was, a, that was a third down play and would have made a huge difference uh, in the score. And then, of course, the second Tampa Bay touchdown, I thought Evans pushed off. You know, I, I saw the full elbow extension. He pushed off. If you want to call pass interference, I think it was uh, Webb. I want, oh, no, it was Moore. They want to call pass interference on Moore. They should have called offensive pass interference as well and just replay the down because that was a clear push off. 
I agree. But that was that was probably my two biggest takes from the game as far as what Tampa was able to do. Well, Mike Evans pushes off more. He reminds me so much of uh, Michael Irvin when he played because he doesn't run mm-hmm. a pass pattern that he doesn't push off. Well, he's a big guy. But he wants to get separation. So he's he's yeah. not a fast guy. He's a big guy. So he's going to push off to get his separation. I hate it when the officiating takes into account who the player is. It, it's almost like in the NBA where Michael Jordan is going to get the calls because he's Michael Jordan. Or na- not nowadays, it, it, it's uh, LeBron, LeBron, James. LeBron James or uh, LeBron Steph Curry. James. Yeah. They're going to get the calls because of who they are. Well, it's getting that way in the NFL. Uh, Odell Beckham, same same deal. Uh, and it it minimizes the effort uh, of these young defensive backs that are playing their hearts out. Uh, not to say that I think that uh, the game was poorly officiated. There, there was bad calls on both sides, I, I would say. But at the same time, um, this, the point that uh, that Bob made a few minutes ago about this defense playing so much better, I think that's a very very valid point to make. Uh, and with Vaccaro being out for uh, multiple games, um, Delvin Bro being out for multiple games, um, people – well – Today, for for an example, everybody wants to rush out and hire uh, Rex Ryan. Why? As our <laughs> why? As our new defensive coordinator. I know. Alan just hyperventilated. Don't it's okay. I just uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, why? Believe it or, I I agree with you. Uh, you know, you've spent the entire year. Look at our defense where the season began against the Oakland Raiders and where our defense sits right now. You spent this entire year establishing continuity with your new defensive coordinator and Dennis Allen, and you want to completely scrap that and start all over, among other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this team spent two years in Ryan purgatory already yep. in this decade. We don't need to go back there. But – my point, uh, my initial point in all of that was um, where this defense has come is due in large part, I think, to the ability of players like Sterling Moore, B.W. Webb, uh, Crawley, uh, and, and a few others of raising the level of their game to the point that it is now. I believe that that's been essential because – of the injury situation being what it was all, all season long. Oh, and their defensive injuries this year have been unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it on, on one side of the ball with any team I can think of, at least in recent memory. Um, and, yeah. you know, guys, and we've talked about it before, uh, you know, when, uh, any of the three of us have chatted privately. Most, most of this year, they're down to their fifth, sometimes sixth cornerback. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that's unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, going you back playing, to – You're essentially playing your 10th and 11th cornerback with Moore and B.W. Webb. 
You know, you're not playing first, second, third, or fourth string. You, I think you listed all the guys that are on injured reserve for the Saints uh, just in the secondary alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and just just to have that level of injuries is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, <laughs> the ironic thing is, uh, you know, as uh, as I'm making notes and you know putting putting the piece together, uh, which you know, which is going to be finished tonight, uh, all but one guy that, that's going to be on my six player list. Every single one of them is from the 2015 draft, too. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I found kind of mildly humorous. Uh, Absolutely. Makes you wonder if this draft class is cursed or something silly like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a curse with you, man. What's the deal? Well, yeah, you've already you've already experienced <laughs> one curse. No, no, we don't believe in curses. How can we no, be Saints fans and not no, believe but, in curses? No, but, no, but we do believe in curses. <laughs> we do believe in oh, curses. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Especially during a game yeah, we're sa- when when the Saints gave up a third down for a first down conversion, which they they did a lot, and that, that's probably the biggest negative of the Tampa game. And I know it's because they're being coached to do this. Uh, you don't want B.W. Webb and uh, Sterling Moore to give up the big play, so they're going to give up a large cushion. And the idea is you're trying to stop them, or hopefully the pressure gets to the quarterback before they can get the completion. And I think Tampa was something like nine of 13 on third down conversions or yeah. something ridiculous like that. So that's probably the biggest negative of the game. And one of the reasons why the game was so close and you have to worry about that going to get going up against Atlanta, you know, this weekend. Um, and it's frustrating. Well, I, I have never, I've never changed my stance on this. Uh, I don't care if we give up a thousand yards a game. The only thing that matters to me is that our team scores more points than the other team. <laughs> I don't care about defensive stats. I don't care about this place in the league and defensive uh, whatever. As long as we score more points than they do, that's the only thing that advances our team. Right. Well, and I think that that's one of the things that Dennis Allen, in my opinion, has done such an outstanding job of this year is curtailing his scheme to basically what he has left on the roster. Uh, you know, the cornerback crew is depleted. Uh, you know, the, the safeties have not. I mean, Von Bell, I think, is going to be a stud, but he still has a long way to go. Uh, everybody that has ever talked to me knows that I'm not a fan of Jairus Bird, even though he did play a heck of a game uh, this past Sunday. Uh, the, yes, I had him as my MVP uh, for this for the Saturday. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. He by far his best game as a Saint. Uh, but and this is coming. This, this is coming from somebody that uh, that developed the hashtag earlier this year of Bird S H. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, but, well, but, you... You know, I I made the joke about it uh, on on Sunday, but there's a, in all jokes, there's a shred of reality. Uh, and by the same token, I think that maybe bird may have actually saved his job with his performance on Sunday. I hope not. I, I hope not because I think, I think this weekend was an aberration. Uh, 
and it, it's a, a very, excuse me, it's going to, it's the exception more than the rule. Look, we've all seen sure. what Jarris Bird brings to this defense. And frankly, I'm, I'm sick of seeing him on the highlight reel, you know, waving, flailing his arms helplessly as, a, as another running back or a wide receiver runs past him. Uh, he's a, yeah. most of the year, most of his Saints career, he's been a liability on the field. Uh, and, sure. Uh, I think, and, and I won't argue that a bit. A bit. Uh, and I, I think, you know, defensively, you see, you see a lot of early draft uh, predictions uh, having the Saints possibly focus on a cornerback, if not with their first round pick, then early. Um, and there's some talented cornerbacks in this draft. My personal opinion is if I, if I were Coach Payton or Coach Allen, I'd look to bring in a safety before I would another cornerback because of all the guys on IR and all, you know, everybody you know you're getting back. I think safety is a bigger weakness than cornerback. Uh, well, to be I'll, honest I'll with you, I, 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 um, I saw the other day that on injured reserve, we're sitting on five uh, cornerbacks. Yeah. P.J. Williams, uh, Delvin Bro, uh, and all of a sudden I, I have no memory of what I read. Damien Bro, Damien Swan, Kyle Wilson, um, you yeah. know uh, – let me think who else just went on IR not long Jamarcus ago. Sanford. Well, he was yeah. a safety. Jamarcus he was a safety. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you law, and you let Ken, uh, Keenan Lewis go in the beginning of this, before the season started. And that was one of your projected starters, hopefully, coming into yeah. the season. And, of course, Keenan Lewis hasn't played all year. Um, well, I've, yes. I've had a million and one people ask me this, and I'm going to ask both of you. Do y'all see any scenario at all whatsoever? And I, I know what my answer to this question was uh, quickly, emphatically, and uh, right there. Um, do you see any scenario whatsoever where Keenan Lewis has an opportunity to come back to the New Orleans Saints? No. No. He's 30 years old. He's coming off of a hip injury. Uh, he he had posted something cryptic on uh, Instagram a couple of weeks ago about how he's going to have an opportunity to play for somebody else, but he didn't reveal the team, and he just said he was getting ready for next year. So whether something uh, happened as a result of that, we don't know. But I can only say he'll be 31 next year. Um, if you can't open your hips to turn and run with a with a receiver – in the NFL, you can't play cornerback. And I'm afraid uh, Keenan Lewis is just at the end of his career. I mean, he may yeah. sign with somebody, but I cannot see him being the impact player he was in 2013 and the beginning of 2014. I look I at it this him. way. He's had I, – I know he's had a tryout with the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm -hmm. the team that he played for prior to coming to New Orleans. And I've seen various reports that had him – having tryouts for up to two, maybe three other teams during the course of the year after we released him. Mm -hmm. um, and he's still sitting on the West Bank. So uh, if he had anything at all left to offer, I feel like somebody would have nibbled by now. I, I don't uh, – plus the uh, – the I guess you'd call it the tie-breaking factor. There's history there between – he and Dennis Allen that uh, 
once you burn those bridges, you can't go back. What do you think, Bob? I know. Uh, hold on. I got cut off. You guys there? Yeah, you can, yeah, can you Bob, you still there? You still can you still hear us? Yeah. Bob? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep. Hi, Bob. Hi. Oh, that get me a certain age to know that joke. Uh, old, <laughs> Bob, Bob? old Bob Newhart reference. John Pinto will appreciate that one. Um <laughs> By the way, we need to say a, a a get well soon to John. Really? John's not feeling. John's under the weather, man. John's under about ten feet of snow, I think, right now. <laughs> uh, it's been snowing in the uh, in the Northeast. I know that, so I don't know what the weather's like right now. But I know he was under a lot of snow. Um, well, we hope John Pinto gets to feeling better. Uh, and also, we want to thank. While I'm thinking about it, before I forget again. Uh, thank Fan First Productions. Uh, check us out on iTunes. Um, today is Deuce McAllister's birthday, by the way. Hence the jersey. Hence the gold jersey. Yes. You know. Yes. 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 Okay. I'm sorry. I, I completely. Uh, no, that's okay. I, I was just thinking of an old tagline off of uh, a website I used to belong to, a uh, group, uh, SaintsReport.com. Somebody used to have as a tagline, why does the crowd boo every time Deuce McAllister gets the football? <laughs> <laughs> Same reason that they boo whenever John Coon gets it. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, we were just talking about, we were talking about Keenan Lewis. Hey, what is that cup you have there? I saw that a is a... Where did that come from? Shreveport. I have really? three of them that I got. I got a Drew Brees. Okay. And I got a. This one is actually my son Drew's. Uh oh, Bob just appeared on us. I'm having problems with my volume. Bear with me, guys. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I I got uh uh. Crud. My daughter got Cam Jordan. My son got Drew Brees, and I got Brandon Cooks. I couldn't find Brandon, so. Okay. I had to go with. Uh, well, I've got an old. Tonight. I got an old faithful here. I don't know if you can see this or not. This is the official NFC South champions from the Super Bowl year. I've got this one. I got. I think I got this Bill one. Martin. Yeah, this is from the Arizona game. Obviously, it's a shot of the Redskins play when I think this is when. Uh, yeah, this is near the end of the game. I think this is when they uh, Chris McAllister recovered the fumble in overtime. Okay. So I think that's where this shot came from. I've got this one, and I got the one from the Vikings NFC Championship game too. But I like this one better. It's a little, little bit better looking. You were there for that, weren't you? Uh yes, I was there for the Arizona game. I was there for the um, for the Vikings game. I brought my wife to that game. I'll never bring her to another football game again, unless it's going to be a blowout because. I am not kidding, and she doesn't watch this, so I can say as my daughter's watching, <laughs> she's going to laugh, but. I am not kidding. The entire fourth quarter from the point where Minnesota tied the game and then we punt and it's the, you know, the drive before, you know, um, Tracy Porter's interception. My wife watches the thing like this. Head. <laughs> if, I'm like, you got to watch it. She's like, I can't. I can't take this. You know, I can't do this. My daughter played basketball. My wife's pacing the hallways when the game is closed. She can't. She can't sit. She can't handle stress. So, yeah, uh, I brought my son Matt to the uh, to the Arizona game. That was a fun game. 
and I brought my wife to the NFC Championship game. I did not go to the Super Bowl, but I did get I did get to hold a ticket. I just wasn't the lucky person who got the ticket. That's all. Um, well, I read one a, of those a thing on, I read a thing on Facebook the other day. Matt, your son, Matt, said, mm-hmm. said that he actually got to touch the Lombardi. Uh, the trophy? Yeah. Um, when did he get to do that? I have to find out from him when he got to do that. Cause, uh, I, I almost swear that he was the one, the one I saw say that. I got to tell Well, we, we, we got to do a tour when he was playing flag football. We got to do a tour of the facility, and I got a bunch of pictures of, like, the cafeteria, and my, my daughter's been in there a couple times, and the only thing you couldn't take a picture of was the locker room. But, no, you don't need to tell me. I'll find out later. He's staying outside going, want me to tell you? I'll tell you right now. I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm not calling you a liar, you know? But um, – I don't. I didn't. I don't remember when it was. It, it, he'll remind me. I'm sure. And go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. We did do that. Um, but um, it probably was during that flag football tournament. Um, but he'll come and fuss at me and tell me I have a bad memory. Um, while <laughs> while y'all were talking, I was doing some math, and I'm not very good at it. But okay, we're talking about the we're going to talk about the Atlanta Saints rivalry. And right now, the Falcons are ahead 50 to 45, okay, all time. And that includes, I believe, the uh, one postseason matchup back in 1991 when we played the Falcons and we lost. Um, this, Sean Payton has a 15 and 6 record against, uh, against Atlanta. And the longest winning streak. Atlanta, well, one team has had it one time. Atlanta won 10 straight games against us from 1995 to 1999, and we won six in a row from 1986 to 89, uh, just the beginning of the Dome Patrol years. Um, Those Dicka games shouldn't count, though. Yeah, you're right. You're (laughs) right. But, and, uh, of course, the, the biggest margin of victory, the Falcons beat us like a drum, 62 to 7. Opening day, 1973, in Old Tulane Stadium, and uh, we beat them 38 to nothing in 1987. So, long and short of this is this: I don't care if we are 15 and one, and we have nothing to play for, and the Falcons are on the schedule. You beat their ass. You beat them because they are the Falcons. There is no such thing as a meaningless game against the Atlanta Falcons. Nope. Um, I had someone. I, there is nobody. Someone saw Go ahead. The, uh, um, the the title of our show tonight, which was, and then there was one die Falcons die. Yeah, they said that's that's kind of harsh, isn't it? And I said, not at all. No, you beat them for Big Ben in 1978. You beat them for Glover Clemmer, Grover Clemmer in 1978, and Barry's going to know who the hell that is. You beat them for <laughs> Russell Slavin's little half-hearted throw in overtime right into an, a Falcons linebacker's hands, and he gets the ball and scores. You beat them because of Deion Sanders. You beat them because of Michael Haynes. You beat them 
Francis, you know, William Andrews, Steve Barkowski, uh, Jeff George, any Falcon player you can think of, you know, Jesse Tommy Tuggle. Tommy Novus. Tommy Novus. Jesse Tuggle. Jeff Van Note. Roddy Anybody White. you can think of. Roddy White. Well, Roddy White is garbage. I don't even want to mention him. Gerald Riggs. You know, you beat them because they have a different color jersey on. They're a divisional Jamal game. Anderson. Jamal Anderson, yes. Um, yeah, you beat them for every Saints <laughs> player who ever went to that team and got revenge, quote-unquote, revenge on us, whether it's Bobby Bear or Morton Anderson or any of those people. So, I, I you know, I, I'm, when I'm reading people tell me, that, yeah, the Saints are just blowing their draft status by, by beating the Falcons or playing the Falcons. No, man. It, it, I don't feel like hearing the whole offseason, yeah, we swept you guys. You, right. Y'all the ain'ts again. We swept y'all. You know, I, no, no, no. You know what was satisfying? As, you know, as frustrating as the 2002 season was, you know what was satisfying about the season for me? Tampa Bay only lost two games that whole season, and both of them were to us. That's, that's you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it's the kind of thing losers hang on to. I, I get that. You also kind of enjoy it by saying, well, you couldn't beat us, and we were pretty bad then, could you? You know, um, I want Atlanta entering the postseason with a bad taste in their mouth. So when, when Dallas or somebody just beats them, and they do their normal swan dive in the, in the postseason, that makes it that much more enjoyable. Uh, I do not want the Falcons to have to win the Super Bowl and say they swept us in one season. So, yeah, I don't care about screwing up a draft pit position. I just want to beat the Falcons. So no. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. And I, I don't even think it's a, it's a loser's credo kind of thing. It's a legitimate rivalry. Uh, and Saints-Falcons is one of the more underrated rivalries in the entire NFL, uh, probably because you know, the, the two teams for a lot of their early history uh, were, let's face facts, they weren't, you know, they weren't relevant uh, you know, in the NFL standings. But as far as the, the legitimate dislike that uh, is contained between both fan bases, both teams, both coaching staffs, uh, throughout the history of both franchises, this is very legitimate. And I'm, I feel the same way as you. If, if you told me that the Saints were going to go 6-10 and 10 at the beginning of the year and I got to pick the six victories, I'd pick two against Atlanta, two against Carolina, two against Tampa Bay, and I'd go into the offseason a happy boy. Exactly. <laughs> totally exactly. agree. Totally agree. I don't care who the Atlanta has been your rival since 1971. I believe is when the NFC West was created, uh, 71 or 72, because they were in the the merger was 1970, and I think they were in the uh, Century Division in 1970. I think they moved over to the NFC West in 71. So that that's your right. oldest. Yeah, that's your oldest rival. Uh, the Falcon and the 49ers and the, uh, and the Rams obviously stayed in the West. Um, so when we became the NFC South, the Falcons came around along with us. So, yeah, I mean, you have to beat them just to say you beat them. Uh, and they feel the same way about us. I mean, yeah. 
They're the only team that still refers to us really as the Aints on a regular basis. The Panthers don't. The, the Bucks don't. Uh, it's the Falcons. The Falcon fans will always refer to us as the Aints. And believe me, it pisses them off to no end to know that we got a Super Bowl ring and they don't have <laughs> one. That, that burns them more than anything else. And they can't wait. And then, so they feel like they can finally shut us up. Um, and then there's when, that whole dynamic of Megatron's butthole. Yes. Well, that's a new stadium, which I can't wait. I can't wait to beat those guys. Look, Barry just came in. I can't wait to beat them guys in there when they open that stadium. I hope they schedule us the first game of the season. <laughs> And we just urinate all over that that, that field. <laughs> I mean, that would be very enjoyable to start the season. Well, if very the commissioner's out- office knows what it's doing at all, they will schedule the first home Atlanta game to be Saints-Falcons. They should. They have I mean, to. What made, what made – in 2006, when you – Start the game season two and zero. The fans don't talk about the Cleveland game or the Green Bay game as beginning of the golden age of the Saints or when the Saints really arrived. They talk about the reopening of the dome, and it's because it was yeah. Atlanta, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and that's the difference. I mean, uh, Barry remembers these games. Barry, remember? Do you remember who Grover Clemmer is? Yeah, that was the referee for the uh, for the second game of the nineteen seventy eight season series against the Falcons, who uh, famously threw a flag in the end zone against uh, was it uh, was it Felton? I don't remember the Saints uh, defensive back that it was probably the other guy. Yes, probably Clarence Chapman. Yeah, yeah. Well, Grover Clemmer was yeah Clemmer was the referee, but I'm trying to remember yeah. the actual play. That, that the Saints got jobbed on basically in the end zone, uh, which gave the Falcons the ball at the one yard line. William Andrews punches it in, and they win twenty to seventeen again. And uh, after they had just beat the Saints, what? I guess. Yeah, with Big Ben. Big, Big Ben. On the Big Ben play. So. Yeah, that. Uh, was, yeah, I'm well familiar with the name. Yes, that was the an untimed down. The game was over, and they throw a flag, and the. Falcons get an untimed down and win the game on an untimed down. So, yeah. Yeah, that's why you beat the Falcons. You beat the Falcons for for, th- <laughs> for sins committed by the franchise before most of the people who were in the stadium were even born. That's original sin. That's right. <laughs> you hold that against them. Uh, so, yeah. you know, uh, uh, NFL thrives uh, uh, on rivalries, and this is the biggest rivalry that the New Orleans Saints have. Absolutely, absolutely. We Are want to say something. Yeah, and look, I, and I apologize. I apologize for being a few minutes late, but uh, it sounds like you guys are talking Saints Falcons rivalry. Yep. Uh, Alan and I could pro- Alan and I could probably go on hours uh, talking about this stuff. And uh, clearly, that the, the, uh, I'm sure Alan was in the in attendance that day as well. All the most is that uh, all the Saints had to do was run out the clock. They couldn't get a first down. They were forced to punt. Uh, they got, uh, Atlanta got the ball back, I want to say, near the uh, – I'm going off the top of my head. Uh, I want to say on the 30-something yard line, they might have had a play or two. And I think that put them at their own 43, if I recall right. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and it's a fourth down play. Fourth and ten. I mean, <laughs> you know, all you got to do is knock the ball down, and the game is over. That's all you got to do mm-hmm. is knock it down. As, uh, and, that, there, and that video is rare. It's hard to find. Uh, you can't find it on YouTube. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's actually on a French no, YouTube. I forget the name of the site. They have it, uh, uh, actually. And you can go in there and, and Google it, and you'll find it. Uh, and, I mean, all he's got to do is just knock the ball down right <laughs> to the guy. And, and it, it, it was almost like it was – it was meant, you know, a play from heaven for the Falcons, you know, from their perspective. I mean, there, it just landed perfectly right in his hands in full there, there stride. <coughs> yep, though Alfred Jenkins. There, there are very few games yeah, Alfred Jenkins. or series that will make right. me sound like I have Tourette syndrome. Uh, and but that is that is the one that is the series because I will be like you know making no sense whatsoever. What the <laughs> just totally irrational. Anyone who's a Saints fan like me, you know, around my age, will all relate to that because you just start screaming profanity, you know, for no apparent reason. And oh yeah, you know. I posted something on, uh, I want to say it was uh, Twitter during the Arizona game. It's kind of like which come first, the chicken or the egg? Which come first, Tourette's syndrome or being a Saints fan? Oh, oh man, I tell you, you know, you uh, – Do you have to have ter- – to? do you have to have Tourette's to be a Saints fan or do you have to be a Saints fan to have Tourette's? Well, let me just say, in case I do have two friends that do have Tourette's syndrome, but not the not the uh, outburst kind, but you know, they get the ticks and all that stuff. And so, of course, I apologize for offending anyone, but you kind of get my meaning. Just profanity just come yeah. flying out for no apparent reason. So, yeah, that's the closest I can come up with. Well, it's um, Saints Falcons week. There is no offending anyone. It's no, there shouldn't be. I mean, you know. Death is not a unreasonable call for, you know, when it comes to get to the quarterback. It's not you don't you don't want to hurt him. You don't want to just knock him out of the game. You want to go after his family. You know, you you sack the quarterback like Rodney Dangerfield said, you know, no football team was so tough. Now after they sacked the quarterback, they went after his family. You know, that kind of thing. So that that that's how I feel about the Falcons. So yeah, absolutely. You've got to beat these guys. And um we can talk about the draft afterwards. Uh, I I want to end the season with an eight and eight mark, and I want to end the season on a positive note. I don't believe in the whole it carries over the next year kind of thing. I just want a season that had as many twists, injuries, challenges, bizarre things happen to us. I mean, two games in a row with block uh, block kicks that are returned for scores. I mean, just. You need to have so you're like okay, we're actually progressing to something, and that that's the other reason why I want oh, we've got to win. Well, okay. in this with this being a rivalry game, not that Sean Payton uh, or or Dennis Allen or Pete Carmichael's, uh, not that any of them are in any jeopardy, but if anybody believes that 2017 is a make or break season for them, then. 
this is the type of game that gets people in trouble if you lose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it absolutely has to be. Uh, 2017 has to be a make-or-break season. I think, uh, you know, you showed enough progress this year that we can play the what-if game. What if, um, you know, we make that stop against the Raiders and they don't throw that flag? You know, that's a win there. What if we don't have one of those kicks blocked for a score? What if we don't? You know, these things, you you can sit there and reasonably argue that we were maybe five to seven plays away from being right in there with Atlanta and Dallas as, you know, challenging for one of the top seeds. Uh, Well, I did – I did the math on this, Alan, and we're a, a team with eight losses. Six of those eight losses came by six points or less. Right, right. And then, you know, people, they got some fans that sit there and say the defense has sucked all year. Well, you know, you realize that you've held Tampa Bay in their home stadium to 16 points. I mean, if you had told me, in week one, when we were averaging, you know, 30 points, we were giving up a game. We could hold somebody to 16 points. We should win that game. But, you know, again, unusual things happen, you know, and, and, and yeah. injuries impact it. So it seems like all we need to do is just put together a complete game and then put together complete games in a row, and you're right back to where you were in 2009, 10, and 11. But – we're not there yet. We, we need more bodies on this team. We need healthy bodies on this team, too. And uh, by, the that's, way, that's, um, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I think you're a few key players away in certain positions, too. You obviously need another defensive end. Yes. yes. I, think, I think that's a mm-hmm. big-time priority. Uh, I wrote my article this morning, and I'll continue to bang on the table for it. I just consider uh, – I'm not – advocating or or or, uh, or demanding or whatever word I want to use, they go get a, a middle linebacker because uh, I spoke to Mike Dettelier, uh the other day. He, he, he's convinced that Craig Robertson uh, can, can be that guy. He still thinks that Stephon Anthony may to the middle, that they may give him another chance, that they may give him, uh, you know, another opportunity to grow into the role. So we'll see. But for my money, uh, you still need another guy in the middle, if nothing else, for death purposes. Because what if Robertson gets hurt? Right. Yeah. You could put right. Stupar, exactly. I guess, or, 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 or Anthony, well, who's a, a proven liability. So, I mean, you got to get another my, my, guy in the middle. I've always I, felt like you can't yeah. have enough good players at positions, uh, even at worst. Let's say the light comes on for Anthony. Um, you, if you have somebody in there who can challenge him, um, you really have yeah. now a good decision, a good problem to have. You know, I, I mentioned this right. in my little review of the game. Mark Ingram seems to play a lot better when he feels like when someone's trying, trying to threaten his job or right. you know, he's angry. And right. you need right. to have that. So exactly if, we, right. if we took a running back, I'm not saying take running back in the first round, but if we take a running back, that's fine with me, too, because I want somebody to push Ingram, you know, because yeah. at worst, you've got a good problem to have with two running backs who are fighting for carries, and they make every carry count. So, yeah, you absolutely, you, you need to get depth at the linebacker. You need that 
that pass rushing defensive end, um, you need yeah. to have some more. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and uh, just, just look at it. Yeah, you need another corner. Yep. Uh, yep. What that? What they? What they? And to your point a few minutes ago, what that defense was able to do this year with what they limited resources they had with all the guys they lost was phenomenal. I yep. mean, I was one of people bagging on the defense early in the season, saying how the worst defense ever in the history of the NFL. I mean, I was hard on them, and I'll, and I'll be the first to admit, I am more than happy to swallow those words. I mean, they, they really turned it, up, turned it up a notch. And you're talking about with guys that literally signed off the street. I mean, BWM BW wasn't even doing nothing. I was flipping burgers right. at, at a Dairy Queen somewhere. You know, well, and here he is playing, you know, and next week he's starting and, and making a, a game-saving uh, interception against San Diego. So, I give him credit. They, they, they could have folded that tent easily, easily just threw in the towel and said, to hell with it, we're done. And they didn't. Okay. They, they, well, go ahead. Given, given those guys, look at this year's yeah. pass defense versus last year's pass defense. Last year, we gave up an NFL record, I think, 45 touchdown passes. This year, 23. We gave up half that, half. 23. I mean, it's amazing. And you're playing with yeah. B.W. Webb and Sterling Moore, you know, for most of the season, and Ken Crawley, and a hampered yeah. Devin Bro. You know, you're not playing Devin Bro. So imagine what that defense would be like with a good pass rushing end and two good corners. Okay, healthy all year. Right. How much better that defense would be? Uh, which is exactly why they should continue. I mean, you, you've really, really got something really good going here. Mm-hmm. Continue to build on it. Uh, yep. uh, you know, yeah. uh, look, this organization, you guys know I've been one of the most critical, critical people of the organization. Not because I'm trying to bag on them or, or, or create controversy or whatever. I just want them to do well yeah. because, you know, at, at my at my core, I'm a fan still. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a writer, but I'm still a fan. I'm still that New Orleans kid who grew up in Harahan, Louisiana, right down the street from Allen. I mean, I'm still that, yeah. that, that 12-year-old Saints fan at the Superdome with my papa. You know, I, so I, I just want them to do well. And, and, and they're so close. Man, they're, they're right there. They're right on the cusp of turning a corner. I, I agree. Or, or, you know, whatever analogy you want to use, they're right there. But they mm-hmm. just got to they gotta get that push over the top. Let Man, me ask you, you guys. edge rusher uh, in that first pick. We're talking corner, about, about uh, uh, another corner to, to compliment bro. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you can get the, the Sidney Jones kid from uh, uh, from the Washington Huskies or some my names out there because I had even – I'm not even halfway through studying all the names for the for the draft, which you guys know I cover cover yeah. from A to Z. Uh, so I'm just now getting learning the names because I haven't because I don't watch college football during the season other than LSU. So so now I got familiar with myself with all these. Uh, I mean, you like I said, you get an edge rusher, you get a cornerback, you got got to get a guard, probably a guard, maybe even another tackle in there on the offensive line. But mm-hmm. if you just if you, and in this free agency, of course, which I'm sure you guys will cover uh, in greater detail as the weeks, as the upcoming weeks get in here, and you guys are more than welcome to call, uh, have you come back and we'll discuss free agency all you want. But look, you get one or two key free agents at those any of those positions we just mentioned, 
the rest of it in the draft. And in the 2017 season, this team potentially, key word, potentially, it's all about health. They've got to stay healthy. I mean, yeah. you look at the last, what, three straight years? Three straight years of injuries all across the board. Yeah. They lost half their team in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Last year, lost a lot of guys, you know, uh, probably towards the middle and the end of the season. And then this year, you lost them all at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, you're already you're already behind the eight ball. What two or three games in? Yeah, you start out zero and three. Three free for one season, for one season, crying out loud, and just stay injury free, and then address all the little holes that we that we discussed that they still have. Man, this team seriously, and it's no joke. It's not being a homer or anything. Be a contender, a, twi- a leg- legit NFC playoff contender in 2017. Let me, let me ask all you guys, um, we, go, concerning what you were just talking about with free agency, um, Barry, what kind of priority do you think that the Saints should place on um, Nick Fairley staying with the club? Uh, he's on a one-year deal. How, how important should it be for the Saints to keep him on the team? Uh, well, I, I, you cut out on me, but if you're talking about Nick Fairley and what what should they do, well, that they should do whatever they need to do to get the game to stay. I think he, he's uh, – I mean, but now clearly he wasn't uh, a complete dominant force per se, but – He's a difference maker. There's no question he's a difference maker when he's out there. And to me, the, the bigger benefit is that you can see it's rubbing off on Sheldon Rankin. I, I think that, that that's uh, something that might be being overlooked. And we, we bag on Fairley for being the DUIs. And he, and he had the thing in the Kansas City game where maybe he, you know, uh, you know, I won't even go there, but <laughs> maybe maybe didn't use the uh, – uh, the best decision making in that situation. So, you know, there's a lot of people, and myself included, who still worry about his maturity level or whatnot. But that aside, is undeniable. I mean, the guy's always been Absolutely. good. When he played at Auburn, him and uh, Cam Newton won the national championship together at Auburn, 2010. He was dominant. He was probably the best defensive player in the entire SEC, defensive players in the nation. So his talent is undeniable. Okay. Yeah. So he, he, uh, to me, if I'm the Saints, this guy at least minimum get him in there on a three-year deal. I think he's uh, what 28 maybe out. Uh, get it, get it. You know, uh, probably prob- 25. Yeah, and so you were going to say 25. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could be 26. I mean, I forget exactly how old he. Could he came out early? I think he came out here early. So he mm-hmm. might have been 20, 21 when he had drafted. Exactly. Point being. He, uh, he does. Kid is, bottom line, he's in his prime. And I, if I'm the Saints, I, at the minimum, I give this guy a three-year deal and say, look, sure. you live in Mobile or you're from Mobile, your family's in Mobile. I mean, I know his mom just passed, but your family, your friends, your homeboys, all that stuff, three-hour drive. Why would you want to go anywhere else? You know? Yep. I, I yep. mean, it, it shouldn't be a hard sell Shouldn't be hard to sell him on the on, on the on the on the uh, the appeal, whatever you want to call it, of staying and, in the world and the playing you know, time. And I would, you're a young team. I, 
you know, I would, you know, I, I, I think I, he would have all the reason in the world to stay, but, and you, we all know this, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know I can curse on you guys' podcast, so I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> uh, what I wouldn't say otherwise. Which is that money talks and bullshit walks. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely. And so we know if a, if a New England Patriots or a, a Dallas Cowboys are long and up the ante, that's what the Saints yeah. have to worry about. Because to me, I would love to think fairly would, would give the Saints uh, the hometown discount, so to speak, or give them the benefit of a doubt. If the money was right, I think he'd haul ass in a minute. <laughs> I'm not that I'm yeah. not that naive to think that he wouldn't. So, so that's what it's going to come down to is Saints convincing to stay, and if so, will they be in a bidding war with another team? I, well, I think I don't think it's too far out of the realm of possibility to say that Fairley has enjoyed a yeah. more a, sure. the, his biggest season as a professional. This year with the Saints. No, I, I agree. I think it, it, it could be argued that it was, no question. Because when, but to me, when he was if in, I'm the Saints, when I like I like the fact that uh, as soon as Rents came back, you could almost see the uh, the interplay between the two guys. You could almost see that, you know, that maybe uh, on the sidelines, of course, we don't know, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, but. Yeah. Personally, uh, and it's just uh, I could be completely wrong about this, but it just seemed like, uh, and we saw it in, in, in mini camp, we saw it in uh, training camp, uh, where Rankins and, 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 and where where uh, kind of taking Sheldon Rankins under his wings, so to speak, kind of being a mentor to the guy. It's hard to believe Nick Fairley a mentor, right? But but he has, but he has to his credit, and uh, to sure. me that that that's. That, that's another uh, added bonus and another reason why I want to keep this guy around. In spite of his past reputation, hey, look, we've all reason life we're not proud of. I, I can speak from experience. But, you know, but, you know, hey, man, give fairly credit. He's making a, most of a second or third chance in life or opportunity, whatever you want to call it. He's making the most of it. So why not give him the opportunity to continue building on that and, uh, you know, give this guy a three-year deal and try to get him to stay. I, I'm all for it. It'll come I'll, down to, to me, it'll come down to money. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And, and definitely, Fairley is much better, a much better player in a rotation system as as opposed to being a full-time starter. I think sure. that's, that's been his part of his yeah. problem since he came in the league. Um, he, you know, he, he just does a lot better rotating with, with, uh, with Rankins and it really makes an effective pass rush between the two of them. Um, and I think they should look at a veteran corner too, as well as a rookie, you know, another draft pick, because you kind of need that veteran leadership in the locker room. Cause this is probably going to be, uh, Roman Harper's last rodeo. Uh, I would be surprised if Harper comes back to the yeah. Saints next year. In fact, I'd be surprised if he plays next year, period. I think he's yeah. going to retire. Um, you don't know what you're going to get with Jari Evans. You're lucky you squeezed out a year out of him. Um, Streep is playing some of his best football right now, but we don't know. You know, this could be – he could be well, at I his think peak that, right now. I think that part of Streep's best year, as you just put it, I think a, a huge part of that is the fact that Jari Evans came back. Yeah, and that Evans is healthy. I heard something – uh, 
I was going to say, their I heard draft, something. Go ahead. The draft no. strategy is going to depend, I would think, a great deal on exactly what uh, the future plans for Streep and Evans are. Yeah. Well, Bobby Hebert, uh threw out this statistic the other day um, before the Tampa game, and I noticed it as I'm watching the, the Bucks game. Uh, the Saints have actually had more success, even when Armstead was in there. Uh, now, granted, Armstead's been playing basically on one leg the whole season. But um, the Saints were averaging something like 5.7 yards a carry, almost six yards a carry, running behind Street and on the right side versus the left side, which I thought would be the stronger side. Um, you know, so it says something for – a healthy Evans and Street playing at a, at a high level that he's playing this year. I think he still has trouble with power with uh, speed rushers. He doesn't do that badly with power rushers, but he has trouble with the speed guys uh, yeah. coming off the edge. But as far as the running game, uh, you're definitely seeing a much better running game when Ingram goes to the right as opposed and, and Hightower go to the right as opposed to the left. So that's, you know, that's all things you have to take into consideration when you're looking at, okay, how do we, what, how do we address this team? How do we also address holes that will possibly open up on the roster come 2017? And I think, you know, uh, the guard issue is definitely an, an issue. I think you might be able to steal um, the, the guard from uh, Dallas next year because Collins will be back healthy and I'm sure he's going to want to keep starting. Um, so you might have to pay a little bit more, but you have a good chance of getting him. You have a good chance of getting um, Sheldon Richardson from the Jets, uh, depending on how this Jets situation uh, shakes out, because I think Bowles is gone. Um, and I think you're going to have a new new coaching staff with a new idea of what they're going to want to put in there. Uh, they were very disappointed uh, with Richardson. They were uh, disappointed with Muhammad Wilkinson. He's not playing – like he's a franchise player. He's playing like a guy who just got paid. Um, a lot of possibilities in free agency. But the important thing is we got to take care of the Falcons this week. And then we can focus on uh, what next year has got the hold for us. Um, die, Falcons, die. Exactly. Bob, you got anything you want to add to this? Um. I going back to fairly real quick. I think I'd you know if I were the Saints, I'd make him free agent priority one or two, uh, but I wouldn't get into a bidding war like Barry said. I would absolutely not get into a bidding war and uh, you know handcuff uh, handcuff this franchise uh, again with potentially a bad contract. Yet the offensive line has to be addressed too. You know going into the off season and. All four of us know that this team has uh, Barry hit the nose uh, nail right on the head before when he said that this team is real close, uh, but they have some some key areas to focus on this offseason. But who cares right now because we're looking at Atlanta. <laughs> we want to we send them into, into the postseason uh, with, their, with their heads between their legs. Hey, these guys still have something to play for. They could potentially come uh, – uh, come out of this week, uh, if they beat New Orleans, they're going to have a first-round bye. Who who here yeah. wants to see Atlanta in the Super Bowl? I don't even want to. I don't even want to see the team drive past the Super Bowl. You let's, know, uh, let's kick their tail feathers. My, in. NFC, my NFC Championship game from hell 
would be the Dallas Cowboys versus the Atlanta Falcons. You know, uh, oh, yeah. that's when I'm yeah. praying for the for the uh, for the meteor to come. You know, just just <laughs> go ahead and end it now. The giant meteor, just end it now because that we don't need to have that. The country does not need to have to sit through that because if it's a if it's a Cowboys Patriots nuclear Bowl, nuclear Cowboys Patriots Super Bowl. Oh yeah. my God. Um, ESPN and NFL Network would be simply unwatchable. Between Tom Brady and, and Jerry Jones, I, I couldn't take it. I could not take it. There's just no way, you know. Yeah. It, it, well, if it's so, well, I, I think I, oh, I think the one team that can throw the wrench in, in that whole plan is the Green Bay Packers. That, that to me is the team to watch. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Hey, right now. And uh, to me, that's the team that, that Dallas should be worried about. It's the team that even New England should be worried about. Should it get all the way back? Uh, Green Bay is playing hungry. I, I don't know what happened, but I think Allen, I believe they were, uh, what, maybe uh, uh, three and five or four. And five. I don't remember. They were, they were yeah. sub 500. And all of a yeah. sudden, the yeah. switch went off on these guys. And they haven't, and they haven't lost the game since. I mean, they yeah, there was, what, there was talk. There was talk for a while. There, there was talk for a while that Mike McCarthy, you know, and Aaron Rodgers weren't getting along, yeah. and that Mike McCarthy was going to lose right. that battle, and he was going to get fired. Right. And um, yeah, it's funny how that all well, switches. I, Somebody posted the other day that uh, you know, the, let's hear it for the undefeated teams. They listed the Broncos. The uh, Vikings and uh, the Eagles were all undefeated. None of them are making the playoffs. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just shows you the twists and turns that a season has. That don't focus on what's happening right now. Look at the, at the track record of a franchise or an organization and see what happens. And, you know, yeah, Green Bay well, is a threat. Well, your teams like New England yeah. and your uh, – Green Bay Packers and so on and so forth. These these teams are uh, well versed in how to go through a season and construct a, a game plan for a season geared towards making that late season push mm -hmm. and pacing themselves to make a playoff run. I think that the AFC is going to be far more competitive than what the NFC is showing right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You got Kansas um, City. Uh, oh, Kansas City, oh, if, they, if they play a good game, yeah. if they come to play, they can beat anybody. Uh, Pittsburgh yeah. last night against, against Baltimore. Uh, when those I guys thought, are on I their thought, A game, so to speak, they're uh, I, I, I would I would not. Just hand this to New England at, no. by any means. No. I think Bob lives right there, so he'll and he could probably comment a little bit on the Steelers' chances. But uh, to me, I just don't think. Uh, I mean, I agree that New England is probably going to take the AFC, but uh, I don't think they're going to they're going to just just roll through it by any means. I think I think both Pittsburgh. It's a shame that the Raiders lost Derek Carr because that yeah, was a team. Yeah. Yes. I, I yeah. really thought that was the Raiders a serious, were in serious to, to make a prime move. Dark horse in the AFC was the Raiders, and when Derek Carr went down, that pretty much that, that did it for them. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. You guys keep an eye on Mac McGloin, too, though. Yeah. Uh, McGloin is no car, but McGloin can play. 
so if the, the Oakland defense is going to have to do a heck of a job of stepping up, yeah, I can. I, I still yeah, consider Oakland a team to make some noise in the AFC. Do I don't consider them a Super Bowl content, contender anymore, though. Yeah, that's the hard part is the Oakland defense, which has not been very consistent, is going to have to step up and win some games. It's just like Kansas City. You can't trust you can't trust you can't trust uh, Alex Smith to carry a game because yeah. if the if the Chiefs have to face the Patriots, you know Bill Belichick's gonna take the runaway and make Alex Smith beat him. And yeah. he can't do it. Um, you know, you gotta hope someone like the Steelers or um the Raiders or someone surprises uh, New England and takes them out early, and that's Kansas City's best shot of going to the Super Bowl. But I, I would love to see Super Bowl one all over again. I would love to see the Packers and, and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but, you know, that's – that's yeah. that's a that's a tough order. That's a tough order, and that's the problem. Yeah, I, I think. I, I think we're, to me, there's one. If I had to pick it right now, because because I'm always going to get people ask me, you know, who do I like in the? God forbid, as Alan alluded to, it should it be Dallas and New England? Because I agree, it's going to be uh, the the the, uh, the equivalent of a nuclear winter. <laughs> Fans, basically. I would rather be hung by my eyelids with rusty fish hooks <laughs> and bricks tied to my feet than have to sit through a yeah. Dallas New England Super Bowl. I yeah. mean, yeah, that'd be pretty intolerable. Oh, intolerable is the word I would use. I would the be game I think we're going to see. Is, is Green Bay in New England because I, I personally think that Green Bay is going to go into Dallas in the NFC Championship game. Cowboys in in uh, Jerry Jerry World uh-huh. and uh, we'll get a Green Bay New England Super Bowl. If I was picking it right now, just just you know, not even seeing a playoff game unfold, not even seeing a, mm-hmm. a single down. If I was just basing it on the two hottest teams, because you. Now, you know, it doesn't always happen this way, but usually the two hottest teams at the very end of the season, we've seen the New York Giants do it twice. Yes. Now, yes. I'm counting the team, Giants. Quote, unquote, at the end of the season, nine times out of ten, winds up being the team that makes the run in the playoffs. And right now, if I'm picking it, I'm looking at Green Bay and New England. That's, that's what I see. It could change, you know, of course, injuries and freak plays yeah. and whatever. But if I was handicapping it or if you – Forced me to pick my two Super Bowl teams. Yeah, uh, right now that's who that's who I got. Green Bay and Green. Yeah, I'm Seattle is always a dangerous team too. Because uh, Seattle's seasoned. You know they have Mr. Sunshine as head yeah. coach, Pete Carroll, uh, and you know Russell Wilson <laughs> is as dangerous a quarterback as there is in the, in the league. Um, so uh, with Seattle though, it's, I think it's going to be all about matchups. Like I think Seattle can beat Green yeah. Bay. I don't know if they can beat Dallas. That kind of no. thing. Yeah, yeah. True, true. Exactly. Well, I'll say true. it doesn't matter who plays in the Super Bowl this year because next year we're going to win it. No. Uh, you know, uh, one last comment. You know, telling me <laughs> that I have to sit through a Dallas-New England Super Bowl is like telling me I have to go get my shine box, you know, from Goodfellas. I, I, you know, I, I'm just – I'm going to go total Joe Pesci, and I'm going to wait for you after the bar is over with with Robert De Niro – and that's it. It's on. You know, I mean, don't tell me to get my shine box. So, 
John Pinto again uh, would appreciate Barry, the movie reference. We'll start with Barry. Uh, Barry, tell everybody how uh, they can follow your work, man. Oh, okay. Well, you can always uh, find uh, me and my my uh, outstanding young bros uh, who's uh, over there on our left hand side of this uh, podcast. Uh, you can find our work at B. I'll, I'll let him give you his, his Twitter stuff, but. Uh, you can find both Bob and I uh, at BigEasyBeliever.com. Uh, and again, I want to emphasize, y'all, because I know there's pretty much 99.9% uh, Saints fans watching this very. But we also cover New Orleans Pelicans NBA, as you can see. Uh, LSU football. Uh, you know, we got the Citrus Bowl this weekend. Yep. And so, you know, and, and Tulane, uh, God forbid, Alan, that we leave Tulane out. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, so we covered it all. It's a New Orleans sports site. It's uh, even though it's technically uh, LSU is, is, is a you know a statewide team, but uh, you know Big Easy Believer is uh, covers all New Orleans uh, and, and New Orleans area related sports teams, the big teams. Not uh, my apologies to the folks at Nickel State and uh, and South Southeastern Louisiana and. Um, a uh, ULL uh, where Alan's going to go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> hey, I got to support my, my, my school there. So There you go. There you go. So, uh, and my apologies that we don't. That's not me. That's fan sided network. So, but anyway, uh, so, and uh, of course, but, but anyway, that's where you can find our work, bigeasybeliever.com. I'm me on Twitter, at Harahan, who that, and for everybody, because I get asked this question. A hundred and Allen lives right down the street. Harahan is a suburb, a, a little small suburb of New Orleans in Jefferson Parish, which is right down the street from River Ridge, where Allen's at. That's and right. that's how I came up with the name because I, I grew up in Har I grew up in Harahan, uh, and all my years as a as a team, uh, all the years we were just talking about sitting next. Up, that's where I was at. When I was a big, you know, coming up as a kid as a state fan in Harahan. So it's a tribute to that. I could just put, you know, at whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that, and that's how I came up with that. So uh, at Harahan, he was. And, uh, and Bob will give you the rest on his. Good thing, good thing he wasn't from Kenner because his, his Twitter name would be Kennebra. But uh, <laughs> Barry would appreciate that. Well, well Barry, we want to thank you so much for you and uh, Bob both. For joining us tonight, uh, we, we hate that the first oh, time we we tried to do this, it didn't work out. But um, we want <laughs> we love you guys' work, and uh, we fully support you. Thank guys. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Look. Yeah. Look. Uh, again, NFL free. Uh, look, and as I said on uh, on the show I did last week, uh, uh, Lafayette uh, one hundred three point seven. With that, that station, I, I do their show uh, every Tuesday, and I told them, and I'll tell you guys as well. We cover the Saints year round. Just, just because this is the last game of the season, it's not going to end. And in fact, it's just going to get ramped up even more because we got NHL free agency, we got the Senior Bowl. I'm still trying to get credentials uh, to go down to Mobile. If I can, if I can get the credentials, I will be taking a road trip to Mobile, Alabama, uh, Alabama to come to the Senior Bowl. Still trying, still trying to, do, to get credentials from the guys at the at the, at the NFL itself. Uh, uh, did they turn me down last year? Big Easy Believers kind of 
increased our, our, our reach and increased our stature, so to speak, in, in, the, in the sports uh, writing world that maybe this year they'll actually let me get it. I mean, it's, all I'm going to do is you know, all you're doing is standing on the sidelines watching, watching guys practice, you know, and, and do walk, walk through practice, basically. They just do they practice all week. They do, uh, you know, little uh, workouts and, and 40 yard dash and all it is kind of like the combine basically, but it, but it's just a week's worth of practices yeah. to go along with it. And then the actual game itself on Saturday at last stadium. So, so we're going to be covering the senior bowl. Uh, we're going to cover it all. So bottom line, long story short, you want to talk uh, free agency and about draft senior bowl, NFL scouting combine, whatever. You, you're more than welcome to have us back on, and I'll, I'll gladly, as long as I can get a little block of time like, like I was able to do tonight. Absolutely. Well, we, absolutely. absolutely. We're going to do a draft special before uh, uh, in the weeks leading up to the uh, NFL draft. We're going to do a draft special where we yep. go uh, in-depth analyzing what the Saints could and might do. Um, and I, by the by the way, uh, Bob, you tell everyone how they can follow you and your work, please, sir. Uh, well, and, and thank you, guys. Um, like Barry said, uh, you can follow both of us on Facebook. Uh, we do, uh, we post a lot of our articles uh, in, the, uh, in the New Orleans chat sites as well. Uh, I can be followed on Twitter uh, at B-O-B-B-Y-R. 2613. Uh, I, I pretty much don't do anything on Twitter except, uh, except Saint stuff. Um, you know, with the, uh, with the exception of a little fracas I got into with Ian Rappaport a couple weeks ago. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just, just like Barry said, we, <laughs> uh, just like Barry said, we love, we love to interact with Saints fans too. You know, talk about the team, talk oh, about do. questions. Uh, you know, different players yeah. like that. Uh, hey, look, if you want to talk about Rappaport, I talk about we him too. Right. Hey, look, we don't always agree. I mean, everybody knows that, you know, Alan, you and I have had our disagreements, but, oh, so sure. but it all comes down to we all are passionate about the same thing. Little disagreements exactly. on, on uh, you know, a philosophy, uh, if you want to go, if you want to use that term. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and that's fine. And, 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 you know, and that's in anything in life. It ain't just maybe it might be politics and they just uh, the saints it can be politics. It can be, you know, your, your views on whatever, you know, uh, but all of our passions are the same about one thing. And that's the New Orleans Saints football franchise. I mean, you know, me and Alan right. are the same age. We, we, we grew up loving the same stuff and, and lived right down the, you know, right down the high, Jefferson highway from each other and never realized it, never met each other. It's, until uh, you know, till we, um, we we may have just been uh, so to speak, but but I mean you know, but but we love we love we're passionate about the same stuff, and then to me that was that, that supersedes Absolutely. everything. So you know, Absolutely. hey, Absolutely. you know, we're not always going to see eye to eye or, or whatever, but but we love the same thing. And and look, you know, I'm 100% behind this this football team. I, I get I get a kind of a a reputation or a bad right and that's just because I, I just say what's on my mind. That I don't believe in sugarcoating anything. Because if you're sugarcoating something, why you even bother? You know, say what you mean. Oh I'm a firm believer. Say say it. You know, you know, <laughs> why 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 would you hold it in? Why would you not say it? You know, and, and so that kind of gets me in trouble sometimes. And, and 
probably should just refrain from saying something or writing <laughs> something. But hey, man, I believe in living life. Yeah, man, if you're if you're holding back, you're wasting your time. That's how I see it. So, and so that's you know, and, and you know, so I've, I've kind of gotten a little bit of a, a bad rap for that. But bottom line is, and, 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 you know, I'm still that 12 year old kid in Harahan, Louisiana, that you know, cried, cried. You know, 12 year old kid crying over football, especially when I had to go to school the next day wearing my Saints jacket, wearing Cowboys or Pittsburgh Steelers memorabilia, you know, pointing at me and laughing for walking in there with my Archie Manning jersey on. So, you know, look, <laughs> a rough, rough childhood as a fan. So, you know, this team has put me through hell and back for the last 40 something years of my life, 43, 44 years. However long I've actually been a fan of the team, going back to being a little kid. So I, I've earned that and, right. And I've earned that right to be critical. Have it, you know, so. <laughs> and wouldn't have it any other way. Nope, not at all. Right? Not at all. I told I, I used to say it all. It was all I had Saints pictures all over my office and posters and everything else. I said one day they're going to win, be winners again, or they're going to be winners for the first time. And all y'all are going to jump yeah. on the bandwagon, and I'm going to say, nope, I was there first. I was yep. there first. So, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we went way over time tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, Gentlemen, you guys have a great, you have a great night, and, uh, and uh, we'll be in touch, and you know where to find us. Yeah, thank you guys very much for having us on. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to both of you and your families and uh, everybody watching and listening right now. Who that? Yes, who that? Some lunatic's popping fireworks outside my house That's right true. now. Either that or they're shooting at me because Barry told him where I live, one or the other. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> Why did you have to I just said River Ridge. That's yeah. kind of a vague. Yeah, no, that's a Beautiful downtown yeah. River Ridge. Let me see if we can yeah, find well, it. <laughs> Where's the vehicle with the same stuff all over it? Yep, that's right. They'll track me down. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so much for being a part of our show. All right, brother. You can take, take care. We'll be in touch. Absolutely. We'll be we'll look forward to having you guys back. Thank you. Look forward to being back. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you, take guys. Take care, Bob. All right, guys. Well, Sean, we went way over time, and thank yeah. God they didn't cut us off. Oh, Bob can't figure out how to turn off his his phone. Um, <laughs> we went way over time. We went 22 minutes over. I appreciate you guys sticking with us uh, on this post Christmas um, show. And um, Sean, you have final watching, thoughts? Yeah, I'm watching Bob. I've been, I've, been, I've been sitting there watching that live icon. Oh, yep, there we go. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting yeah, for it to disappear. Yeah, we're still good. Well, we want uh, to thank everyone for the, um, the the incredible amount of support that you guys have shown us over the the six months, basically uh, five or six months that we've been doing this. Um, we wouldn't obviously we wouldn't be here without you guys. We thank you so much for the uh, the support, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, Two weeks from now on my birthday when I get to meet the uh, often imitated, seldom, seldom duplicated Mr. Ulrich in person. Uh, 
you have a lot of low goals in life. I tell you what. <laughs> no, we <laughs> we uh we're gonna get to meet and it'll be fun and because uh, we've we only promised to take pictures. Why would you want to do that? These people they have to look at us already on this thing. Why in God's name? Yeah, I am not the selfie taker. I tell you what, I got other people in my family do selfies. I try to be the one behind the camera, you know, not uh, not in front of it. Well, so it's going to be like you're up here tall, and I, I'm a, I'm a midget. People oh, that's how it is with me and my wife. So it's the same thing. It's no big deal. People are um, going to finally see how short I really am. I guess. Yeah, there we go. Well, we All thank right. everyone for well, your, uh, your your support. We uh. Uh, next week we're going to face the Falcons in what will be the season uh, finale. Uh, but as we said, we plan on continuing this show uh, 52 weeks a year. And um, we have some interesting guests that we're working on to, uh, to round out our off-season program. Uh, if you have any ideas, things that you want to see, things that you'd like to hear about, during the off season, outside of uh, draft picks, free agency, blah blah blah, any of that stuff. If you want to hear, this show is for you guys. It's not for us. It's for you guys. Uh, we are your voice. So tell us what it is that you want us to say and and see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you can see already we're going to talk about the uh, playoffs games as the playoffs happen. Um, we'll talk about the Super Bowl uh, free agency when that comes up. Uh, what the moves make the moves that the Saints make and don't make. Um, we'll talk about the draft. We'll try and get those guys on. We'll try and get some um, some draft experts on. David from last week from Tampa. He's a draft sure. guru, so we're going to talk to him. Obviously, again. So yeah, there's gonna a lot try, going on. We're going to try once again to uh, to bring on Mr. Detillier. During the absolutely stuff. absolutely yes because you know he is probably one of the best his i recommend i highly recommend his draft guide because it's one of the best out there he there's not a there will not be a player drafted that he won't have a bio on um so that that in itself is just amazing to me um so yeah, so there's a lot to talk about, even in the off season. And then once the draft happens, you have mini camps, and then even the six weeks or four to six weeks they have off before training camp, we'll still have stuff to talk about even then. So um, yes, it'll be Saints talk twenty four seven, fifty two weeks of the year. So join us next Tuesday as we wrap up the season. What went right? What went wrong in the Atlanta game? And uh, what we hope to see um, next year. So. Thank you guys I, for sticking with us. We are uh, next Tuesday night. We're going to have a uh, another New Orleans Saints journalist, a guy that's doing some writing for us on our site, named Tyler Raymond. He's going to oh, be on good. with us next good. week. Good deal. Okay. Well, thank you guys for sticking with us. Like I said, we went uh, almost a half hour longer than we should have, but – yeah, we had some fun tonight. I mean, that's what happens. You have four guests. It gets kind of gets kind of yes, uh, crowded in there. You know, everybody wants to join in. So, but um, thank you guys for for participating with us, and uh, we hope to see you next week. Good night, everybody. Under the dome. Under the, yes, next week under the dome. Good night, everybody. <laughs>